broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services and EMC. I'm your host today, Dominic Rainey. Our uh, regular host is Nicole Tuktosh, and she's doing her marketing thing today, getting us ready for a technology forum tomorrow. So I uh, look forward to seeing you next week, Nicole. Today we have, three, we have uh, four guests today. So uh, from uh, Avion Energy Group, we have Karen Backus. With uh, Blair Practice Enhancements, we have their CEO, Teresa Blair. And joining us from uh, Children's Therapy Works and Academy at North Fulton, we have Shelley Margo. And we also have from American Family Insurance, we have Hugo Zamora. Welcome, everyone. Thank Welcome. you. Good morning. Great. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Glad you're all here. Uh, so, Karen, uh, why don't you kick off the show today and tell us a little bit about Avion Energy Group and what you do there. Thank you. Uh, Avion Energy Group, we are a company that represents the client, and we're talking about commercial businesses at this point, uh, that goes out and shops the market on the customer's behalf uh, for best pricing either on electric or deregulated <laughs> natural gas, and we're in 26 states that are deregulated. I represent 51 different energy providers across the country. Two of the three are the largest providers in the uh, country. And um, ten, we represent the top 10 as well companies across the country. So here in Georgia, natural gas is deregulated. For those that don't understand what deregulation is, it's where you're allowed to shop the market to get pricing from multiple different suppliers. So what we do is go out and get pricing, put it on one sheet of paper, submit it back to you, and uh, allow you to pick and choose which provider you'd like to go with. The advantage is it saves you time so you can stay focused on your business, too, because my relationship is above the retail desk. I can generally get a little better pricing than you can. Historically, on average, we've saved 5 to 30%. Some clients, we've saved more. However, as we move forward, that those ratios may not be uh, quite as high simply because of the weather that we've had this last winter. And uh, the other thing is is that our contracts with our suppliers are very similar, so you're really comparing apples to apples, where if you're shopping the market, um, you would have to read each of those contracts, see where the hidden fees are, the hidden clauses, which sometimes can hurt you in the long run. So that's what Avion Energy is about. Karen, are there different types of deregulation? Uh, not, well, to a point. I mean, here in Georgia, yes, we're deregulated in natural gas, but 19, but when the state deregulated here in Georgia, the municipalities uh, had created some entities where they were uh, – I won't say forcing, but they were selling direct to their uh, commercial and residents, so they have to go through the municipalities. So when they deregulated here, they didn't necessarily uh, force the municipalities to break up those those situations. Now, I can't go into a city like Beaufort or Lawrenceville or Sugar Hill and sell to a commercial business unless they're shopping outside of that market. But there's nothing that says for a municipality that I can't represent the municipality and get pricing for them. Uh, states like Arizona, Nevada, and Kentucky, 
Um, those states, if you're using 180,000 therms of natural gas or higher, yeah, I can get you pricing, but anything less than that is really not deregulated. And the other thing of it is the deregulations in the state is basically where the main supply lines are. So there are some territories within a state where it may, even though the state is deregulated, the territories within the state may or may not be deregulated. So those are the types of things that we deal with as well. Well, talking pricing, Karen, um, how is the pricing on electric and natural gas actually being affected currently? Well, you know, as as far as natural gas goes, we have seen historically uh, two years of the lowest natural gas prices on history. Um, so we've got some fantastic rates. I know two years ago when I got the business, I saw 38 to 40 cents, 45 cents, somewhere in there. On rates now, it's averaging somewhere around the low 50s to 60s. However, natural uh, electric in a lot of states uh, historically have used coal to burn to create electricity, and because we've had such a glut of natural gas and it's such cleaner uh, fuel than coal, and it's been cheaper than coal, a lot of electric companies right now have been converting from coal to natural gas. With this cold snap that we've had this last year, the electric companies have had to pull from these reserves to meet their customer demands. And unfortunately, yes, we have an infrastructure of pipelines, but there's a capacity in which they can handle. So up in the Northeast where they've really gotten hit really hard, or up in the Chicago area, um, we're seeing that there have been what we call little natural gas brownouts. Now, it's been minimal but it has had an impact. It's also forced a lot of the marketers to go out and buy higher natural gas at peak prices where historically that's not been the case. So one of the things that we're anticipating is because the electric companies has first draw on the reserves and they've pulled a quite a bit of natural gas from the reserves in the next six to eight months, the market is going to be building back those reserves, and we're already seeing articles in the Northeast in Illinois where the providers are going back to their regulatory commissions and asking for rate increase to recover some of the losses that they've incurred in buying gas at a higher rate. Hmm. So it's going to have an impact on gas and electric in the future. So weather affects the price, but uh, does there particular times of the year that are better to renew these contracts as yeah. as you'll have it? Yeah. Uh, basically, one of the things that Avion does is that we take a look at your contract and see whether you're buying a variable fixed or, or uh, some other type of commodity. And then we look at the time of year that you're buying. And if it makes sense to move you into an off-season like natural gas historically, Towards the end of April, May, June, through the summer is when natural gas prices are generally at the lowest. Well, if you've got a contract in December or January, we might try to to sustain you into some rate until you get to the in, to the summer months, and then we w- would try to offer you terms that where your contracts would end every year at the same time of year in a cheaper rate. Um, the other thing that we look at, one of the other things that Avion has a what I've seen historically better than a lot of other commodity markets is that there's a lot of times we can offer longer terms. Uh, it's 
you know, most people, when they shop the market, they might get 6, 12, or 18 months. I've seen two, two-year contracts, three-year contracts. Matter of fact, I've got a client with a three-year contract, and there's another field agent that's got a client that has a five-year contract. And quite honestly, as rates go up, those people that are locked in with those longer terms are going to come out ahead. So we, we do an analysis on the market, make recommendations as how, and it's totally up to you whether you want to go that route or whether you want to gamble on the market. We're listening to Karen Backus with Avion Energy Group. I would like to also point out one other thing, is, which is really key, is there's no expense uh, from the client's pocket to me. Uh, basically, I'm paid by the provider once the contract goes in place, so there's no cost or obligation. The only thing that you lose is maybe a little time, and you have a possibility of gaining some revenue back into your pocket. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I'm sure everyone was wondering yeah. you know, what the fee is. Right? Yeah. That's awesome. That is really how awesome. Could you not, how could you turn that down? Actually, you know, that's what I say. I'm one of the few people in a room that is not trying to get into your pocket, but trying to put money back into your pocket. So. Karen, you're everyone's friend. Yeah, I try to be, yeah. You're doing a great job of that. Thank you. So, uh, on, uh, you know, with Avion, are there, uh, you know, are there different products that Avion, you know, represents in the market? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we can do variable rates where uh, a variable rate is a rate where you're buying market price and then there is some fixed price above it. We can help you lock into that variable rate as far as the locked market price. Um, so those are the products. It's That's the one of them. A fixed, rate, mm-hmm. a fixed rate is a product. Uh, we have what we call blocked where, like a bakery down in Norcross right now, they're, uh, they have a contract with the city, but it's kind of writing the variable rate. But when they foresee that the weather is going to turn, they can go in and lock in for a period of time, and then they can move back out of it after the cold snap comes through. So there's a variety of products that we can offer that in that realm. Is it strictly for uh, the commercial market? Avion is strictly commercial. Uh, we represent... Uh, you know, basically the larger companies is a better target market for us. However, I don't turn any commercial business away. So, um, but there are companies that will do residential, and I do have some contacts that I will refer them to, but I'm strictly focused on uh, commercial. The other thing that I'd like to point out, too, is, is that if you're a company that is in multiple states, one of the advantages of using Avion is we can become your one-stop shop. I have a client that has eight distribution centers, uh, five are in states that are deregulated, and right now I have three of the five, and I'm working on the last two. And the advantage that they've had is is that, you know, we know what the regulations are from state to state. They don't have to focus on what those requirements are, so it becomes a one-stop shop for them. I have another field agent that's representing 350 shoe stores. Uh, You know, in the retail market, if you've got multiple locations – we can take a look at those locations, see what regions they're in, and possibly combine them together and use it as leverage to get you better pricing. So we're looking at options on how you can save money. And the reality of it is is that you can be a client for Avion for years, but you can be changing provider from contract to contract. And you do all that. We do all of that. Sounds like a great value add. And that's what I like about this job is, is that we are out to help the customer. So, Karen, what are, what are the, uh, other than that, other, you know, advantages that, that Avion uh, that stands out in the marketplace? Are there other people doing this? Uh, you know, there are, are you guys unique? 
Avion is a three-year-old company. We're probably one of the first companies that came out kind of at a field level to do this. There are some broker agents out there that are targeted more towards the larger corporations that do it. Of course, all the suppliers are tar- targeting as well. But um, but as far as um, since Avion has come on board, there's been a couple other companies that have come into the market and where their success rate is right now, I, I have no, no idea because I've been focused on Avion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a business owner, and um, what do I? What do you need for me to get me the best pricing? Basically, what I request is is that you know, first of all, I need to know what type of contract you're under and when that contract's up for renewal. I like to come in about 90 days beforehand. I'm going to submit some paperwork to you requesting authorization to represent you. I'm going to ask for a letter of representation because utilities companies, or excuse me, suppliers have salespeople that they're paying salaries to, so they need to understand where the commissions are going to go to. So the letter of representation tells them that they're going to pay Avion if the contract goes into a place. And then I'm going to ask for a copy of your bill. Now, I understand some people don't like to give pricing to people. They want you to come in with competitive pricing. And what I tell my clients is, that's fine. You can take white out and white out the price. That's fine. Why I need the bill is it's got your AGL account number on it. It's got your meter numbers on it. It's got your classifications. It's got your legal entity address of where you're located at. There's a wealth of information on that bill that I need to give our suppliers so they can go do the research on your consumption history and on, do a credit check. Then after I get all that information back, We'll take that information, put it on one sheet of paper, and you can see a wide range of pricing. And it also has the terms on it as well. So that's what I need from you. That process from the time I gather all the paperwork to when I'm ready to submit pricing back to you is about a week's time. So I tell Mm -hmm. my people, don't panic, don't. And don't go out and shop the market until I get back to you because you confuse the market when they're getting bid requests from multiple people. So... uh, just hang on, let me come back to you, and then we can have a discussion. And then at the point that I submit pricing, I kind of need a decision within 24 hours or so because pricing that I submit to you is like a commodity on the stock market. It's changing consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's only a small period of time that I can lock it in until you make a decision. Once you make a decision, we'll submit contracts and move forward. Excellent, excellent. Do you take care of the renewals automatically as well, or yeah. is it something that uh, you know you have to deal with each time? Well, basically, you know, I tell my clients that the most painful time is the first time because there's one they don't understand the process, and two, there's a little bit of paperwork involved. The second time around, we keep an eye on your renewal dates, so we'll try to come back in about ninety days beforehand. And depending on what paperwork I'm on file, I might need you to fill out a form or two. I might need you to submit another bill. But otherwise, um, we go back through the process, and it's actually a little quicker the next time because it's not as painful because everybody knows what's going on. Um, So, And the other thing that we like to do, too, is that once you go under contract and after you get your first bill, I might request a copy of that bill just so that I can make sure that the supplier is billing you correctly and everything is the way that it's supposed to be. It's part of our customer service. Well, as energy conscious as we all are, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of contact from a lot of people. 
We hope so. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach out to you to get more information, to get involved, and uh, get some of that free service. Yeah. Again, my name is Karen Backus. My phone number is 404-861-2637. And you can also check me out on my website at www.avionenergy.com backslash Bacchus, B-A-C-K-U-S, Altern, A-L-T-E-R-N. And you can reach me through the website or on my cell phone. Great information, Karen. Thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you for having me. You bet. Okay, so our next guest uh, next up is uh, Teresa Blair. Teresa is the CEO uh, of Blair Practice Enhancements. And uh, we're wel- welcome to be on, welcome on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Great. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Blair Practice Enhancements? Um, Well, this is a dental consulting company that I own, and um, basically I try to help the smaller guys be um, as productive as possible to be able to help enhance their practice, to help grow it. Um, If they're looking to start, if they're just starting out in their first dental practice or if they've been established for many years, they're ready to move to additional locations, add associates, I help with team development and overall enhancement of the practice and how to, you know, treat their patients better. Um, No one really likes to go to the dentist, so try to make it the best experience possible for the patient and for the team and to reduce the stress for the doctors. Hmm. So, Teresa, is this your first foray into that business, into that world of dentistry? Uh, No, I was um, actually consulting back from 2000 to 2004, and one of my major clients asked me to come on board and help him expand his practice. So I worked for him as his practice administrator for 10 years, and then um, after um, selling the practice to a private equity investment company, I decided it was time to come back to consulting. This way I'm able to help a lot of different teams, a lot of different doctors, and, um, you know, my my focus is on enhancing the skills of the current team, where I think sometimes consultants get a bad rap from going in and just wiping the slate, you know, starting over. And I believe that everyone has a strength and a weakness, and they just need to be put in the right place and, you know, utilized for their strengths. So yeah. try to focus on that. So, you know, dental, unlike any other medical practice or, or profession, is uh, – you know, there's different specialists, right. specializations, and um, so are there uh, particular types of specializations that use you more than others? Um, I tend to work with pediatric dentists a lot because I have a love for children and making the difference in their lives, and I just, you know, the same people that are working on children have that same val- core value that they want to make a difference. So I tend to lean towards pediatric dentistry, although the majority of my experience of 35 years in dentistry, 10 of it's in pediatrics, and the rest of it was in general and cosmetic dentistry. But it's just much more rewarding to help the children. Yeah, do you find yourself engaged more with uh, established practice uh, practices or, or new it's New about, practices? It's about 50-50. Um, startup practices are very exciting because, you know, you're doing a lot of marketing. You're doing a lot of relationship building with other professionals that refer to these doctors. Um, and then also I have about 50% of my 
clients are established and they're looking to add associates or partners or expand to multiple locations. Is there a list of services that, that, that you offer to the dental practices? Yes, every, every practice is different. So they all have individual needs. Um, what practice A needs may not be the same as practice B, but sometimes it's they need help with team development, marketing, or system structured um, systems that can be structured to make the practice run more efficiently. We cover everything from strategic planning to scheduling and collections and overhead, profitability, um, customer service, you know, mar just in... Um, you're covering the gamut. Yeah. I mean, really, you're, it really you're just touching every aspect of the business. Right. So if you can walk into, you know, there's a dentist on every corner, and each one of them will have a different set of unique needs. Yeah, people don't think of it as being a competitive, you know, when someone's in a profession, they just open their doors and everybody just shows up. Right. It doesn't work. Way, no, it doesn't work like that. No, so they really can use your service. Right. And, of course, you know, no one really wants to go to the dentist, not adults and not children. So you have to be one of the. You have to build a relationship with the with the patients. We're listening to Teresa Blair. She's uh, the head of uh, Blair Practice Enhancements. And Teresa, what geographic areas does your company cover? What's your uh, footprint? We focus on the southeast, um, you know, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Alabama, and Tennessee. And so I previously have traveled those five states so I feel very comfortable met a lot of dentists over the years in those areas so I try to stick in that zone you know your turf yes yeah yes. right right as most professionals do hey uh, Teresa so uh, what what uh, what does a dental practice really need a consultant for um, when their practice is flatlining or they're ready to improve and grow at associates um, maybe they've had a lot of turnover and they need someone to strengthen the team to create a culture in their practice. Um, so there's many different reasons why they will seek help for a consultant. Sometimes they want to add extra added benefits of um, maybe sedation, IV sedation. Mm -hmm. That's a great option for um, adult practices because there's a lot of adults that are afraid and they want to be sedated. Um, it's also good for children, so I help them establish that type of environment if that's their need. Okay, Teresa. So, uh, uh, you know, you guys do, a, I would presume, an analysis of some sort. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what that entails? Right. Well, I offer a complimentary consultation to go in and meet the doctor and, and the key team members to find out what their top priorities are. Then I go in and do what I call a practice analysis where I go in and, and just evaluate different systems, the flow of the, of the patients throughout the day, um, everything from answering the telephone to greeting the patients when they come in to, um, you know, how they're scheduling their patients. Are they scheduling so they can stay on time because the patient's time is just as important as the doctor? And how can we make that, you know, a pleasant experience for the patient? Mm -hmm. um, I help them with... Um, you know, tra tracking their referrals, where do they get the most of their new patients? A lot of times they're spending money on dollars to market, but they don't know if it's effective because they're not analyzing that. So we do an analysis of every area, um, but specifically I like for the doctors and the team to give me their top three concerns, 
and then I make an, um, a re- report of my findings, and then we come together and find the top five. Mm-hmm. Top five things to address, because you can't do it all in one day, and it can become overwhelming to the team if they're like, okay, do these 30 things. <laughs> so my thing is I'm in the office with them, and I'm helping them to set these systems in place and make these adjustments to be able to be more productive, happier, friendlier envi- environment for themselves. So you're really holding their hand through the whole process. Absolutely. I don't just say, do these things, and I'll see you next month. <laughs> so well, I go doing in it that way, I'm sure you get a lot of personal referrals from Yes. Uh, and that's probably how your business uh, Yes, is, most of my business is growing. by personal referrals. And um, I prefer that because I think it's, it's a big, you know, it's a big statement for someone to say, please try her because she can make a difference in your practice and what she's done for me. Yeah, I noticed on your website you have several testimonials mm-hmm. uh, laid out there by different uh, kinds of uh, practices and different uh, individuals speaking on your behalf. Is there anything that stands out in your mind that uh, you'd like to talk about in terms of a, you know, a recent success story? Uh, one of the most recent success stories was a, a practice um, that was predominantly um, seeing children with Medicaid and peach care. And, you know, there's a lot of budget cuts in the state programs. So we were able to still attain a 30% increase by being more efficient, by being more effective with our scheduling, um, by being flexible um, and trying to make sure that we did everything we could to treat the child while they're there and not have to make multiple appointments because parents have to get off work, the children may be sick, they have to miss more school. Um, So I think that that was, you know, an amazing um, result for that practice. Yeah, sure. 30% increase in that time. That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge for any business. So we're listening to Teresa Blair. She's the uh, CEO and consultant with Blair Practice Enhancements. And we're talking about uh, consulting to the dental industry. So, uh, Teresa, um, you know, what can, a, what can a dental practice do? What, did, what can dentists do to stand out, so to speak, stand out in the crowd? The one thing I like to ask the team to focus on is to be the best team they can be. Because at every dental office, they all have the same t- technology. They have the digital radiography. They have the computers and the scheduling. But what makes your office different is your team and how you treat your team is how your team's going to treat your patients so i think every office could be the same with the exception of the quality of their team so i focus on developing people skills and coaching and guiding the team members to reach above what they feel comfortable that they can achieve and try to strive for more and to become like a family because um, a lot of people still go see their hygienist you know, every six months, and they only see the dentist for like t- 10 minutes. So, <laughs> and they build a relationship with the front desk person, or they build a relationship with the dental assistants. And I just think it's real important that um, that makes you stand out from all the others. You walk into an office, it's kind of like Chick fil A versus another fast restaurant, fast food restaurant. They stand out because of their customer service. And there are literally fast, you know, fast food restaurants everywhere. So, I think that that's the approach that works best for most dental offices is just to be above and beyond in customer service. Yeah, and, you know, everyone's focused on the marketing aspect, getting the brand, getting the name out there, and I'm sure 
you do a lot in that in that realm. But uh, then there's always the bottom line. Right. So you know, what do you do to enhance the revenues? For, for practice, what are some of your solutions and tips you use? Um, well, we try to increase the profit by starting with the new patient experience. And once you get the new patient in the door, and is it through a professional referral, which those are tend to be the best referrals, or patient-to-patient referrals. Because, um, you know, a patient will go out and tell the, of their experience, good or bad, and when someone explains what a great experience they had, so we increase their profit by um, increasing the number of new patients and patient retention. Um, marketing to for pediatric dentists would be marketing to pediatricians, and because they see the child very early, you know, right after birth. Um, for a cosmetic practice, it would be um, marketing to other cosmetic offices, such as. Um, plastic surgeons or maybe a gym or a salon, something where they're focused on the cosmetic aspect of that. Oh, that'd be a great link. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Okay, Teresa, we're listening to Teresa Blair with uh, Blair Practice Enhancements. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners how they can reach out to you to get more information on how you can help them with their practice? You can reach me um, on my cell phone, 770-331-4014 or by email at Teresa Blair at BlairPractice.com. Or also you may re- review uh, my website at www.BlairPractice.com. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Thank you. We appreciate what you do. So you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services and EMC. Next up we have uh, Shelly Margot. Hey, Shelly. How are you? Hey, uh, tell us a little bit about Children's Therapy Works and Academy at North Fulton. Well, Children's Therapy Works has been in, around for a long time. We are a pediatric therapy practice for kids with special needs. We provide occupational, speech, and physical therapy services and a number of neurological services for kids with um, varying disabilities, autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, And from that grew the Academy at North Fulton because we had such a disconnect between education and kids who were struggling to learn that over the years parents would say, please start a school. Well, I'm an occupational therapist. I'm not a teacher. And my fear was always, well, how do you start a school? Where do you even start? About four years ago, um, we had a couple of clients that just didn't have anywhere else to go. So we put a pilot program together. We used the same philosophies that I've always used in the practice. And four years down the line, we have a little school for kids with special needs uh, with behavior issues and autism. It it really doesn't matter what the label is. Uh, It matters that the child's needs are being met and the family's needs are being met. Excellent, excellent, Shelley. So uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the differences that you've made in families' lives. Oh, where do you start on that? Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing is the, the, the biggest fear that families have are when they first get that diagnosis, where do I go? What do I do? You know, who do I speak to? And I think the biggest difference we really try to make is to make this a family um, Get the whole family involved. Get mom and dad. 80% of families with special needs, uh, are their parents are divorced. 
part, which is a, it's a frightening statistic. So where we're really trying to make the difference is being an all-encompassing uh, practice that looks at all the different areas, having, being a one-stop shop. I think that's the biggest thing that we look for. And what's really cool now is having been in the market for as long as we've been, we're now having clients come back to us. And, in fact, I, and I couldn't have put this on the, on the question sheet because this last Monday we had a client come back to us who's now 20 years old. He was nonverbal when we saw him. He was five when he came to us, didn't speak. Mom, none of us knew whether he would ever speak or if he even understood what was going on. And he's at Johns Hopkins Medical School. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that wonderful? That is, you know, that's what we do it for. So How rewarding is that? It's <laughs> it gets me all emotional yeah. every time me I do too. it. <laughs> me too. That's but a great it's, story. It's and we've got many like that. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. bumping into people in the area, and I'm looking at. I recognize the parents, but I don't necessarily <laughs> recognize these big adults who are now successful human beings. So that that's I think the, our our biggest um, excitement. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. Mm-hmm. Well, Shelley, uh, what, what, makes, uh, what would you say makes children's therapy works uh, different from other practices in your business, in your industry? You know, it's, it's like any other business out there. When you look at a website, we, there are a lot of practices that provide the same services we do. What makes the difference is the team. Teresa was talking about the kind of teams and developing the culture. We have a very, very strong culture, and we have therapists who – really buy into neurological, innovative, forward-moving therapies. What's the research saying? How do we implement it into our practice? How do we get the results out of it? Uh, Another big piece that makes us very different to other places is we do what's called intensive therapy. The average child goes to their therapist once a week for an hour, week in, week out, and the average child is in therapy for 8 to 12 years. Our goal is to try and get these kids in, make a difference, kind of like the biggest loser on TV. You know, you've got your whole team around you, and you want to see a big difference quickly and effectively so that you can then move on to doing what kids should be doing, which is playing and, and being part of teams and participating in, in things that make life worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So the big, the big difference that, we, that I hope that we portray out there is this intensive neurological-based therapy that's, that has um, the knowledge base behind it, that has the research behind it, so that it's highly effective for the amount of money that a parent has got to, to spend on that, um, that child. Yeah, and I'm sure you're dealing with, you know, results-oriented uh, things, you know. I mean, that's what everyone wants. They want to see things. In our, you know, in our world today, everyone wants immediate gratification and satisfaction and yes. payback, if you will. And that's the hardest thing. I, th- I think a lot of parents are looking for a cure. We're not a cure. I don't think there is anyone out there that is. But if we can make their lives easier, if we can help the siblings deal and cope with the day-to-day things that go on, then we've made a difference. Yeah, Shelley, are there th- certain therapies that, that are uh, a quicker turn uh, to uh, success than others? Um, yes, there are. We, we have got, besides the what we would consider occupational speech and physical, the regular therapies that a lot of people do, we have some great programs. Um, the 
critical one is the sensory learning program. There are only about 80 of these machines worldwide, and we have one of them here in Georgia. Um, interactive metronome, it's got great research behind it, fast forward. It's another computer-based program with excellent research out of, uh, I want to say it's uh, UC Berkeley. Um, and the, the challenge with these programs is because they're not commonplace, they're not on every corner, and they don't have the research like pharmaceuticals companies have be- behind the so-called ADD medications, they're that much excuse me, that, that much harder to get out into to the market and to let parents know about it. We're listening to Shelley Margot with uh, Children's Therapy Works and Academy at North Fulton. And um, so let's talk a little bit about the age groups and age brackets uh, that you treat. How does that uh, work? Well, the cool thing is in the clinic we can treat 0 through 21, and we've actually had some adults too. We've had a lot of, quite a few CEOs who have gone through the programs. A lot of CEOs have ADHD and learning disabilities, and we've been highly effective with them. But <laughs> our, core group, <laughs> um, our core group is 0 through 21, and our school is an accredited school f- for kindergarten through 12th grade. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, so you started the academy, and... Uh, you know, what What got you into that industry? How did you get that started? Well, as a young child, I'm originally from South Africa, um, further south than, than Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in South Africa, we didn't have the kinds of technology that we do here. Uh, I started with my grandmother who ran a sheltered workshop. And so from age seven onwards, I was working with people at the time it was called mental disabilities. It, it's no longer called that. And so I've, it's always been a part of of, what I, of my life and how I grew up. And then as I got older and saw what occupational therapy could do, and I worked in the townships of South Africa and saw things like cerebral palsy and uh, neurological disorders, that's what drew me into this profession. And it's kind of what I'm, I guess, what I'm put here to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing it. I mean, that's a great service. Thank Excellent you. service. <laughs> I mean, I mean it. Uh, so, the, does your school, you know, is it catered to uh, particular types of uh, of students, or is it just a, you know, covering pretty that, much every aspect of that's of a disability? yes, yes, and no question. Right. And and the reason for that is we are highly individualized. So when a child comes to us, regardless of their diagnosis we build an individualized program with them using these neurological programs. It is a therapeutic school. So it's for your children who just cannot fit anywhere else. And our goal with them is to get them back into what what would be called a less restrictive environment. So if the parent wants to get them back into public school or they want to go to another private school, we give them the boost. We fill in the gaps and we do it from a bottom-up approach rather than a top-down approach Education today is is very much a top-down approach. It's all about reading and writing and math. Um, we're seeing kindergartners today doing things that we didn't do until sixth, seventh grade. Uh, so these kids are just lost. Um, so I would say it is for the more severe child, children with neurological disorders, behavior disorders. Behaviors can be very challenging because our belief is that the behavior has developed because that child's desperate. They're, they're not safe. They're in a flight, fight, fight response. And if we can shift that response, then we can te- put them into a place of learning. So the school is more for 
the child who needs a tremendous amount of input. Um, the family needs the support. We have counsellors on staff as well. And and it, it's a very, very intense process. And the bonding must be tremendous. Oh, it's tremendous. <laughs> Absolutely. It is. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So um, what would you say would be the future goals for your organization? Oh, the sky's the limit. Is it? Um, the goal is that someone hears this radio show and goes, up. Oh, here's five million bucks and let's grow this program. Um, I, I truly believe this changes the way we educate kids with special needs. My goal would be to build the school uh, to provide these kinds of services nationwide, worldwide, uh, and you know, just not to put a cap on it and see where it's going to take us. Mm-hmm. So in your current setting, um, what is uh, kind of an average number of uh of uh, students that you're working with on a daily basis? Daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, In our clinic, we have about 100 100 clients go through a week. In our school, we don't take more than 15 kids at a time because we're so highly individualized, because that child needs that almost a one-to-one or a one-to-two input. We keep it very small. The goal with the right planning and the right consultants and uh, the right teams is we we hope to get it to about 35 to 50 students per uh, school and to take those numbers and be able to put them in in different geographic locations so that parents are not having to – we've got a client who wants to move from Texas to come to the school. Well, why not put a school in Texas there a whole bunch of other kids who need these services and it's very doable there's money out there for it mm-hmm. easy for you to duplicate now just a let's, matter of money right? that's just a matter that's all it is the the program's there <laughs> excellent excellent <laughs> shelly margo with children's therapy works and academy of north fulton she is the ceo and um is there anything we missed that you would like to share? Uh, I could or, talk about uh, this for days. I know but you no. could, other than uh, <laughs> no, how people well, can get in touch with you. Well, Is there uh, anything we didn't touch? Yes, you, well, you can look at our websites at www.childrenswithanstherapyworks.com, and the Academy has its own website, academy at northfulton.org. You can reach us at 770-754-0085. You can reach me at Shelley S-H-E-L-L, ey at childrenstherapyworks.com thank you shelly we, we really appreciate what you do and the value you bring to the to the local community for children's therapy works and academy at north fulton great thanks for having me you betcha you betcha and so next up we have uh, from american family insurance we have hugo zamora hugo welcome, welcome to the show thank you for having me why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing there at uh, american family insurance a little bit about yourself yeah, um, we are located in uh, Buford, Georgia, and the uh, products and services that we offer, just like any insurance company, are auto insurance, homeowners insurance, commercial insurance, and life insurance. So you're really covering pretty much... Uh, one-stop shop. One-stop shop. I like that. Excellent, excellent. So what's, uh, what's most important for someone when, to, when they're choosing an insurance agent? That's a great question. I think most people in, in today's society... Uh, we take it for granted that the other person on the phone, when you're looking for insurance, is they have the best interest interests of you and your family. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they do not. You know, so make sure that uh, as you are going through the process of selecting an insurance agent, 
um, and a company, you do your work, you do your homework, and select somebody that you can actually build a relationship with. Um, it is not uncommon for me to ask someone, you know, when is the last time you talked to your insurance agent? Uh, and most of the responses that I get is I have never talked to my agent. So to me, I'm very passionate, just like all of you guys here today, Karen and Shelly. And, um, you have to build a relationship. If it, it is imperative to build relationships to be able to maximize what we can do for you as an insurance agent. And I think right now with all the quickness and fastness that we're working on and the 800 numbers that we have, we are losing some of that. Yeah, Come getting on. to know someone, especially yeah. in that. Well, in any business today, it's a people, it is that, people that makes a difference. But you know, as insurance agents, we do get a bad rep, and um, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. I was a human resources manager for 12 years prior to switching gears into HR, into uh, insurance, and uh, I find it very, very similar. There's a lot of need that needs to happen to educate people how important role we play in their life. Does it really matter, Hugo, what kind of company, what kind of insurance company uh, we choose? Great question. Yeah, it matters. It does matter. Um, There's companies, they're out there just to sell you a policy, just to be in compliance with the state. And there are companies out there, they're looking at your family to determine what's best for you and your needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about homeowner's insurance because everyone's uh, interested in that. You know, uh, should we take time to review our coverages annually? Does that change that much? <laughs> well, it is, it's not the fact that it changes that much. It's the fact of knowing what's going on. Uh, obviously, we take it, again, for granted. You know, we, we get a escrow. We escrow our insurance through the mortgage when you get a new home. So it's out of sight, out of mind. Kind of forget about it. You totally forget about it. Uh, so it is very important that when you get the statement, when you renew, the renewal comes in, uh, to find out, okay, what is the new premium moving forward and why did the company had an increase? Because I'm going to tell you, every insurance company will have an increase. It's just a matter of what percentage it is. If somebody tells you they don't have any increases, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. There will be, mod- you know, in, in, in the last seven years in Georgia, the weather patterns have drastically changed. Mm-hmm. So companies are not collecting as much money revenue-wise versus how much they're paying out. So there's always going to be an increase. Yeah, so. and on homeowners insurance, some of the value of the home increases, and then uh, I guess the you know what's in the home changes over time. Too, yeah, and that's something that people don't think about is you know I made a modification to my home, I added an extra room, upgraded my cabinets, upgraded my flooring, and they keep the same replacement costs on the house. And unfortunately, when the house is totally a total loss, it gets burned to the ground, a tornado comes in, uh, the old policy it maxes out at whatever that replacement cost was five years ago. So, again, it's important to review your policies at renewal every single year and call your agent. Do not talk to a staff. It's nice to have a staff, as, as you mentioned, to have people that you work with. They are extension of your business. Um, but you have to build a relationship with the agent. The agent knows far better more what to do if you have a claim or if you have any questions than anybody else in the agency. We're listening to Hugo Zamora with American Family Insurance. Hugo, so what, you know, when we're talking about homeowners, uh, are there certain things that they should do to protect themselves? Yeah, I think one of the things that most people oversee, a couple of things, I can talk about this for hours. Uh, number one is replacement costs. There's, as we saw here, the last four or five years, uh, the property value dropped significantly. 
so a lot of people believe that, okay, my house is only worth now in today's market $120,000. Why do I have it insured for $220,000? You know, what they have to realize is rebuilding a property is completely different than what the current market value is. When you're building, you know, 200 or 250 homes in a subdivision, the builder gets a discount, right? You buy an in quantity. So if you're paying $5 for a toilet, that's, you know, that's typically what they will pay. But to rebuild a home, you're buying one toilet or two toilets. So the price of replacing your home is typically a lot much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a common question that I get. And I always tell them, you know, you have to keep – as a matter of fact, we've got to review it again to see if we have to increase it a little bit. Do not go based on what the replacement – I mean, on the value, or current value or market value of your property is. The second component is um, liability. Uh, a lot of companies only give you $100,000 for liability. Well, as you know, anybody can sue you just about for anything, okay? Uh, so if you have a party and you have somebody come over your house, somebody falls in trips, well, guess what? More than likely, they'll hire somebody. They'll try to sue you for the max. And more than likely, $100,000 is not enough. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at your policy. Uh, American Family Insurance, we started 300000 which is something that I love to give a little more protection if you need it, and you can get it up to a million if you want. But that's something that is taken for granted in today's society where anybody, it's just even if they look at you, you the wrong way, you know, they want to go ahead and slap you with a lawsuit. So, Do you think most people are, uh, probably your statistics show you this, are most people uninsured? You know what? Um, you don't see it too much with homeowners because if you have a mortgage, the mortgage company will know. Uh, and either A, you get it back on track with your current carrier at an expensive rate, or B, they'll slap you one that's very, very expensive, a very minimum coverage, because at the end of the day, the mortgage, all they want is their value for their home. Mm-hmm. Okay, You know, the popular thing, too, is this umbrella insurance. I guess the more assets you have, and as you acquire things in life and succeed, uh, you know, people go after you. So is that umbrella insurance important? Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about umbrella enough. Uh, It's one of the least expensive coverages you can have uh, that can help you extend against an extension of what you currently have on your current liability limits with your homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, commercial business. Uh, But, yeah, it's something that you should definitely consider. Typically, a million-dollar extension umbrella policy will cost you for personal lines about, $200 $200 to $250 a year. It's nothing. It's not that bad. Uh, for a business owner, it might be a little bit more, maybe in the 600 to $700 range. Um, but it's something that you should definitely consider. No so doubt. we all have a car, or most of us do, to get around this town anyway. So is there a particular minimum coverage for auto insurance? Yeah, and then, you know, from, from America, American Family Insurance perspective, my agency, it's all on a case-by-case basis. It depends on what your needs are as a family. As I mentioned, the vehicle could be a 1998. It could be a 2013. It could, I mean, it's just so many different components that needs to be look, look into to determine what we're going to do, what we're going to offer you. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm going to re- give you the best coverage that I believe is for you. And if you want lesser coverage, then it's up to you. But as long as I do my job as an agent to protect your families, then that's what we're going to do. Now, the state of Georgia requires very, very, very minimum 25000 liability insurance. Mm-hmm. That's all they offer. That's all they, you need to have in the state of Georgia to be able to drive. I have to ask you this question. I have to segue now because of personal experiences. <laughs> My wife won't let me get on a ladder anymore on the house. 
So these guys that drive around and say they want to clean out your gutters, should I let them clean out my gutters? That is a great, great, I'm glad you asked that question. For anybody that's listening or will be listening to the show, if you ever hire anyone to come to your home to do any work, whether it's painting, cleaning out your gutters, flooring, you name it, please take the time to request an insurance certificate from them. Because if anything happens while they're in your property and you don't ask for their certificate, you're actually ultimately liable for anything that could happen for that individual. So if you ask for the the certificate of insurance and they give it to you, Mm -hmm. is that insurance expired? How do you know if it's current or not? Another great question. Don't just look at the certificate and assume they have coverage. Call the number that is listed. Mm -hmm. Every certificate that you receive from a contractor will have the information from the current carrier. You need to call that carrier number to verify that they're actually up to date and they are insurable, and they have insurance in place. Something that most people don't think about and something that has always happened and happens all the time. They get sued all the time. We get calls for homeowners uh, not understanding why they get sued, even though they hire a contractor. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for anybody that's on your property. If you don't take the extra step to ask for the certificate for the contractor you're hiring to come into your home, then you're ultimately liable. Thank you, Hugo. That's great information. Hugo Zamora, he is the owner agent of American Family Insurance. Is there, Hugo, is there at least one insurance product that people take for granted these days? Yeah, you know, Shelly was talking a little bit um, about what she does and the passion that you have. Um, And she mentioned 80% of people with special needs are divorced. And one of the things that is extremely taken for granted is life insurance. A lot of people know they need it but a lot of people think they can't afford it. So that's something that we offer. I know I can sleep at night because I offer that to every client of mine, whether they want it or not. But it's something that most people do not either, I don't know if they don't want it. I think they want it, but they're afraid of the outcome. Some people are very weird about it. They think that if they buy a life insurance policy, they're going to die tomorrow. It's, it's very interesting. I, it's, I'm not kidding. And they won't be around to collect it. And, well, yeah, you're not going to be around to collect it, but life <laughs> insurance is not for you. That's right. You know, it's for the people you leave behind. So when I hear 80% of people or they have special needs are divorced, it is important for those people to have something in place in case something happens to them. That's a building block for financial planning. Right? So they can take care of the child because yeah. a special needs child is going to need a little more work than a normal child. So, yeah, life insurance is something that I think is completely, completely, um, I, I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's, it's amazing that most people don't think about adding as part of their financial planning. One last technical question is term insurance versus uh, whole life insurance. Well, we can argue about that all the time. To me, personally, as an insurance agent, you should have a combination of both because the term gives you a lot of coverage for very little bucks for very little money, but remember, it's a term. Either you buy it for 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years. So if you're 30 and you buy it at 60 years, you no longer have that option. So what happens when you do the combination with the whole life policy, the whole life policy goes all the way to the age of 100. You don't have, you know, folks, keep in mind, you don't have to become a millionaire when it comes to having a policy in place. Just have enough 
in place to be able to live or have your family members live, not make any drastic changes to the lifestyle, be able to pay the mortgage, be able to pay for the kids' school, be able to pay for things if one or the other happens to pass away. Mm-hmm. Good advice, Hugo. I've been listening to Hugo Zamora with Fam- American Family Insurance. We appreciate all that information. Is there anything else we need to add today? No, not at all. Just make sure, please, take the time to uh, review your policies. Don't take it for granted. And if you haven't talked to your agent, for sake, get a hold of the agent. If you can get a hold of it, definitely call me. How often should they uh, t- reach out to the agent? Every renewal, every six months for the vehicles and every year for the homeowners. Great, great. Hugo, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and your company and talk to somebody who really uh, cares. Cool. You guys can reach me at 470-202-7900. You can reach me on my website too, HugoZamoraHNC.com. Excellent. Thank you, Hugo. You've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk business to business. Thank you to our guest today, Karen Backus with Avion Energy Group and uh, Teresa Blair from Blair Practice Enhancements. Thank you. Teresa. And Shelly Margo with Children's Therapy Works from, of uh, the, excuse me, excuse me, Children's Therapy Works and Academy at North Fulton. Thank you. Shelly. And Hugo Zamora with American Family Insurance. Thank you. We appreciate you all for being on the show today and for what you do for the Atlanta business community. I'm Dominic Raining with CDI Managed Services, where we work with companies to provide outsourced IT services and support of their IT infrastructure and cloud solutions. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to outsourcing your IT support and migrating your company to the cloud, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in the cloud.